Hello mamas, Laura here and today we are chatting about what reacquaints the crisis of confidence which are clear points of transition in labor when women may doubt themselves and their ability to birth. Enjoy! Hey mama I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes it's time for you to guide you through let's take some time for you it's pregnancy with Mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we're kicking off with episode six, the final episode in this Birth with Confidence series, diving into crises of confidence in labor. So, in this episode, we'll discuss common points in labor when women may doubt themselves, what this may look like, how it will often only last for a few contractions, but the importance of having the right birth team around you to help you navigate through it well so that labor doesn't become hijacked. Now, this is episode six of a six part Birth with Confidence series with the incredibly wise and amazing Rhea Dempsey, a birth worker, childbirth educator, counselor, and best selling author. And don't forget, we have already released the first five episodes in this series where we chat with Rhea all about the natural hormonal dance between a mum and baby, the importance of the queen oxytocin hormone and setting up an oxytocin routine at home, the role of endorphins and adrenaline in late stage labor, the importance of understanding and reframing labor pain and the current issues within our birth culture. So please make sure you go back and give those episodes a listen because they're so, so helpful. And there are so many amazing series coming up. So be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss out when we release our next podcast series. We also have a bonus episode for this Birth with Confidence series, which is available only to Pregnancy Posse members, where Rhea talks us through what she calls wild cards, which are life events or factors that may pop up as potential triggers in the birth space. Now, remember this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with any exclusive member-only content, is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to a whole series all at once, please go check out the Pregnancy Posse. I've taken my years of experience helping pre- and postnatal women as a women's health physiotherapist and made this accessible to every wonderful woman online inside the Pregnancy Posse. So when you join the posse, I guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly exercise workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer all your burning pregnancy questions. There's a beautiful community forum where members all support each other, plus a huge resources library on all topics that you need to know about during pregnancy. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what The Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, let's get into episode six in our six-part Birth with Confidence series. Crises of confidence is such an important topic to know about and be prepared for when you're entering into labor and birth. So enjoy. You've coined a phrase, Ria, called crisis of confidence. And this is not something that I'd ever heard about before I came across your work. And it is something that I think is extremely important for women to know about. So can you talk us through what is crisis of confidence? Where may these, what are they? Um, How can they present themselves? And where may they pop up during the labor? And how can women work through them? Or how can their birth team help them to work through them? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I need to just give a little bit of my history around understanding, coming to understand this. So the phys ed teacher in me, right? 
Um, also, I'm a counsellor here, so I guess in both of those areas, knowing as a phys ed teacher and an outdoor adventure person that there are times when people, their bodies are perfectly capable of doing that abseiling or what have you, but they're in a freak out up the top of that, that cliff about the fear mm. or the concern or the worry. In a counselling session, perhaps people are, are able to release their feeling, but they're fearful about what they might expose or what have you. So there's so, so there can be points of, of feeling resistance to something that's happening and going into a sort of a catastrophizing around trying to hold, to stay in control or to hold things together. Or So it's a mixture of fear. It's a mixture of intensity of either emotion or intensity of physical, whatever it is physically you're trying to achieve. So certainly in both of those scenarios separate to birth, as an outdoor adventure person, I mean, if you didn't know how to talk somebody down off the cliff <laughs> or to encourage them into, you know, you know, it's a bit scary, but you can do this and you can breathe into it and so on and so on. And the same in terms of counselling and doing emotional work in that way. So I started to, um, wasn't that I started, but that was part of what I brought to birthing as well. Yeah. Mm. But what... A lot of women probably when they first start to read about uh, birth will hear about transition. Yeah. With transition, so we've got first stage, late first stage transition and second stage birth of the baby. And transition is spoken about as the time, usually referenced at about eight, nine centimetres through to fully dilated as a time when women will just be losing it and be very distressed and upset and feel that they can't go on and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And that that is understood to be a sign of that things are going brilliant actually and she's very soon going to be start pushing and how wonderful. However, what I was starting to hear in terms of some of the birthday briefing that I was doing and even from from midwives, and this is, I'm talking now about in the eight, you know, probably late 80s. Mm -hmm. And this is when epidurals were starting to come in. I was starting to hear that bits and pieces of stories that people had, the women themselves and or the midwives had been thinking the mother was in transition, so just about ready to push her baby out. But in fact, the labour didn't continue in the way that you would imagine for that period and then they would do a vaginal examination and find the mother's one or two centimetres or three or four centimetres or something and everybody's like well what's going on here so I won't perhaps tell the whole story but I've written about it in certainly in that first book of being called to a birth because at one of the birth centres with a very experienced midwife who um, had said well, you better get it you know if you're going to be at this birth you better get here because she's in transition now you know I I had known the woman and felt that she was going to have a difficult labor because of difficult life story that was part of her her situation but I was as I was going to the hospital oh, you know how wonderful to have all my pet theories blown out of the water and she's just about to have a baby and it seems like it's just been very very straightforward and uh, quite fast labor anyway when I got there the midwife was expectant in terms of that soon she would be starting to push the baby out. And I started, I myself was feeling, no, I don't know about this. So after some negotiation and what have you, a vaginal examination was done and she was only one to two centimetres. 
So luckily we were in a, she was in a birth center and the mother trusted us all. And so she went home, was able to regroup and settle into her labor and so on. And eventually, I think about another 12 hours later, we were back there in the birth center in a beautiful water birth with, with that baby, yeah? With a good support team around who could help her to move through that. So I myself was starting to think, well, how, as I said, I was hearing more of these stories. And so transition is, transition is one thing, but what's happening is we're getting these crises of, well, I started then to talk about crises of confidence, which I would always talk about with somebody on the top of a cliff. Yeah, yeah, you're just having a crisis of confidence. Yeah, that's, you, can, you can do this. Um, so a crisis of confidence, yeah? Nothing going wrong. Not a crisis of anything going wrong but just coming to a point where it's more challenging than you had thought or it's ramping up, you know, the intensity is ramping up and feeling like, um, yeah, it's too much and you're questioning whether you did want to do this anymore or what have you because of the challenge. But also separating that sort of emotional crisis of confidence from transition that there can be more of these points. It's not all about transition because very hard, unless you've got a good team around you, very hard to come back from thinking you're in transition to then finding you're only one to two centimeters, yeah? yeah. So, so I, as I was talking to other midwives and then started to talk about it like this and explain it, then that has given a new language for, for midwives in particular to, to be able to talk with, with women and childbirth educators to prepare them that there can be these points and so then uh, in that book I talk about the particular crisis of confidence which and they sort of all come at a point where the labor is ramping up yeah and so it's so for women who are well supported then generally as they're making adjustments as the contractions are getting longer or stronger or the endorphins are starting to come come in. These are all points at which the labor is intensifying and i.e. getting better and better and better in terms of its efficiency and action in the body and so on. But all of those points of, of building are also building in terms of the functional physiological pain. Mm. So that one to two centimeters is one of the a big point of change. The next is that three to four centimeters, which is a big one. Seven centimeters is a huge one. Mm. So they're, they're predictable as points of ramping up the intensity of the birth experience. Mm. More sensations, stronger sensations, closer together contractions, et cetera, et cetera. So some women find their own way through, through those without that being becoming a crisis of confidence, just that they're on a groove already with what's going on with the contractions, then they notice that they're stronger or closer together and they readjust themselves in terms of their movements or what they're doing or where they are or what they're doing with their breath. And they, they make that shift from that intensity to this intensity, or now they get in the bath or now they get in the shower or something. And so that um, it doesn't become this big crisis of confidence, just an adjustment to their growing intensity. Mm. But for many women, either because they don't understand this or because they're not well supported, um, that 
adjustment of feeling like they're on this groove and they're feeling like they're just coping with this. And then now there's a few contractions that are stronger and now it's like it's all too much. And they go into, you know, the typical behaviors of the groove. <laughs> too much, you know, my back's going to be, can't do it, I can't do it, I can't. all of the, the particular behaviors that would be an expression of a crisis of confidence. So then we then get into all this whole thing that I talk about in terms of pain dynamics. So if the mother is in a crisis of confidence where she herself feels like it's too much, even if she's done breathing preparation before and what have you, and now she's feeling she should feel like it, no, this is too much, I didn't, too much. Exactly what all those women were saying, it is too much, I do need the temperature, la, 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 la. <gasps> what is going to happen at this point is actually more dependent on who's with her and what are they going to do at this point. Because if she's in a hospital setting, what is going to happen, and particularly nowadays, it's pretty much the epidural is going to happen, which then hijacks that whole situation. Um, so I've got a whole elaborate thing about the pain dynamics that the mother at that point, remember, she now is feeling like, I don't care what I've said before, this is too much, and I can't do it, and I need to be out of this. And so she's looking for the way out. Yes. And so she's looking for, in that circle of people around her, even if they've been gung-ho about, no, I'm going to keep you working with the contractions, she's looking for sympathy. And if she's got inexperienced people with her, like her partner who's never been at a birth before, or her mother or anybody in her circle who she could get caught in a sympathy loop. And remember, I'm saying, as you suggested, that but pretty much the cultural understanding about pain in labour is, oh, the poor things. Mm. So pretty well anybody, unless they're very experienced about normal physiological childbirth and has seen it and know, how, know to trust it, pretty well anybody can be elicited into a sympathy loop. And so then everybody wants to save her, poor thing. She wants to be saved. The birth gets hijacked and off we go then to those very high intervention rates. Mm. Whereas that aspect of at those moments to have somebody in that circle who knows what it looks like feels like is like how to support it how to encourage the mother through that you know crisis of confidence a well-supported crisis of confidence maybe it lasts 10 minutes quarter of an hour you know four or five contractions mm. it's not the whole of the labor yes it's just that unless it can be they're Crucial, they're crucial moments because if they can't be supported, then it's that hijacking point where that labor is going off in that other other direction. Mm. So somebody who can just step in at that point and you know breathe through a few contractions, encourage the mother, now how about some dancing, maybe now some water, maybe now some dim lights, maybe now some pacing, whatever, just to move through into that greater intensity and find, mm. and then the mother finds her groove and off she goes again. Mm. Might be another crisis of confidence a bit later and we do the same thing, but it's, it's, it's like, I use the analogy, you know, that it's like a, um, it's not exactly like, of course, but it's more like than, than um, it being a medical emergency. So it would be like having a fun run that starts at the base of Mount Dandenong and finishes at the top. And so, you know, as you're winding your way up, you're 
you, you might reach a few crises of confidence where you think, why oh, did I get out of bed at six o'clock this morning to come and torture myself like this? <laughs> As you go around another bend and see it's going to go up any higher. <laughs> but if you've got good buddies with you who, or you know, people who can help to pace and to get your breathing and your rhythm of your steps and you move through that and you off you go a bit longer and a bit further and so on. So it's similar to that, yeah? It's not that these crises of confidence are the whole thing. It's just that they're very vulnerable points, yes. particularly where the cultural message comes in, you poor thing. Mm. And the mother herself is feeling, oh, my poor, I am a poor thing. Mm. And, yeah, so it's a little bit more complex than that because for some women, you know, that crisis of confidence may have a whole other backstory of, of other distress or trauma or things that may also be triggered that may be coming into that picture and which may need some more expertise to move through. Yes. But and there are those wild cards you talk about, which we will touch on in a second. I was just having a little giggle to myself because I remember you saying, um, I think it was in a home birth setting, but if you can see a woman about to go through a crisis of confidence, and she wants to pull her partner into that sympathy loop yes. and she just says, we just need a moment. Can everyone leave the room? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she wants to really grab the partner and say, get me out of here. I don't want to do this. That's when yes. quite experienced midwives go, no, 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 we're just going to stay and we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll potter around. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Or, or, or I joke, not joke, but happen so often if partners are sent out to get supplies quite regularly it's because you know the experienced people can see that there's some of that sympathy loop is getting drawn upon yeah yes yeah. and I think that's such a, a great thing to be able to have awareness of and it's not that you're not um, acknowledging what the woman is saying but you just know that this is part of um a labor is a lot of women will go through phases where they say, I can't do this anymore. And it doesn't mean they can't, it just means they're feeling overwhelmed. Yes. Um, and I have spoken to quite a number of like home birth um, mamas who are so, so willing yeah. and so educated and just like a really great example of preparation and understanding natural birth. And I really love speaking to them because um, I'm just thinking of two examples. One of them begs for a c-section at a certain point in her labor every time she's had a few babies yeah. and I was like oh wow okay that's really interesting to know yeah. because she's so fierce in wanting this natural birth but she yeah. said I'll get to a point where I'll just say give me a c-section now yeah. and another lady I remember um, her saying she was having a home birth and she was just wanting which sounds pretty intense but she was just wanting something to go wrong so that they could transfer her to hospital. I'm sure you've heard this all before, but for me, it was really fascinating and really informative. And I then told my husband this, um, that, you know, if I have these points in labor where I say things that you wouldn't have expected me to say, because they weren't part of my plan, that's okay. Yeah. That doesn't yes. mean yeah. it's all derailed. It's just a really natural point, these crises of confidence. Um, so I think it's such an important topic for women to yeah. understand and for yes. their partners and their team to know that they'll probably get to a stage where they'll say, I can't do this or I don't want to do this. And that's yes. okay. Yes, exactly. It's okay. And then having people around who can help to move you through that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is one thing, because a lot of women that are listening to this podcast will be first-time mamas, 
And apart from reading your two books, which I will definitely um, be talking about and telling women about birth with confidence and beyond the birth plan. But what is one thing that you wish for all mums to know about before they walk into birth? I mean, they have got to know the context of the birth culture and that it's not set up to support them. If they're willing women who want to have a go at normal physiological childbirth, the birth culture is not set up to support them in what they're wanting to achieve. So they need to be savvy about the choices that they're making. Again, just to put this in context, what we know is that for normal physiological childbirth, being in continuity of care, midwifery care models is gold standard. And in Australia at present, only 8% of women can access that form of care. Mm. We know that um, non-medicalized birth spaces, so this is the birth territory itself, the sacred space of the birth, non-medicalized, so that's your birth centers and home births. Well, I've given you the stats, 2.7% for birth centres, 0.3% for home birth. But mm. normal physiological childbirth works, occurs much more favourably in those settings, but that's not really part of mainstream birth culture. Mm. So to, I mean, the bigger picture is we all need to get more political <laughs> about making a, making a difference with all of that, but but. I guess in that thing about understanding context of birth in this way is also to unpack birth stories that you hear. Unpack it in your own mind, but if it's somebody close with you, you might be able to unpack it from the point of view of um, asking some questions of the woman. But if you're hearing birth stories, and of course, so often women are hearing birth stories of birth births that have just gone haywire. So that adds to this fearing about birth, that it doesn't work, distrust and so on and so on. Try and, when you hear a story, get behind where did she give birth? What awareness did she have in terms of the choices that she's making? How much of that birth unfolded like that? Because in that woman's situation, there was something not okay in her body or the baby, or was it really just the very predictable you know, 21st century, 2021 birth story that happens in our culture because of the way the birth culture and systems are set up. Mm. That's, that's what I'd, because I've got to nurture their trust in birth. And if you're just out there and hearing stories, it's very difficult to hold a trust in birth because it's just you've been, been, been bombarded by all these Thank goodness they saved the baby. Thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness. Mm. What you have to understand is that, yes, eventually we often do have to save the baby because we've the whole thing up all the way along to then we do have to save the baby. So something about understanding context. Yeah, I think that's really important because, again, I think a lot of women walk into it thinking that they need to know the stages of labor and pain management options. I'm thinking about the traditional hospital birth classes, yeah. and that is not at all, from my experience, what women need to know about. Um, and I think what you're saying is the big, broader picture of it all is, is really important. So yeah. thank you so much. You yes. have been so generous with your time and your knowledge, and you've personally made such a difference for my 
understanding and awareness around pregnancy and birth and my confidence as well. So I just know that women are going to absolutely love these episodes. And I really appreciate you writing your books and sharing your knowledge and giving up phys ed teaching so that you can (laughs) come into the birth space because we need women like you for sure who are pioneering the way to really regress and go back to how we we should should be doing it. So thank you so much for giving up your time today, Ria. I appreciate it. Good. So beautiful to be with you. And I wish everybody who's hearing to just go have a fantastic time having those babies. Yeah. Good. Hey, mamas, Laura here. How interesting was today's episode? Like I mentioned, I love talking to a few women I know who are very motivated to have a natural physiological birth and to hear that they both still had moments where they wanted someone to ship them away and get rid of the pain because they felt that they couldn't do it anymore. I know for me personally, this really helped my confidence because prior to understanding this term, I thought that if I wanted an intervention-free birth, then I should never have these moments of doubt or begging for intervention. And that's just not the case. So I've worded my husband and my birth team up that it may happen that I will beg for A, B or C, but that doesn't necessarily mean I want that or that that is true. It may just be me having a crisis of confidence as labor steps up to the next level. So I hope that having language around this topic has helped you as much as it helped me. And if you'd like to learn more from Ria, you can find her at birthingwisdom.com.au. And as always, I would love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know what your favorite part of that episode was. And if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with PhysioLaura podcast so that you don't miss the release of our next incredible podcast series. And remember, for most series of the podcast, we do record exclusive bonus content for Pregnancy Posse members. And in the bonus member-only episode for this Birth with Confidence series, Rhea talks us through what she coins wild cards and how certain life events or social emotional factors can pop up as triggers in the birth space. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts and extensive resources library on birth prep, pelvic floor exercises, managing pelvic pain, and so much more, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal journey, so just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. I will catch you soon for our next amazing podcast series that we have lined up. But until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.